When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. And actually, it's Purple Access. It is uh, Judd. It is Chip Scoggins. Of course, we switch off between uh, Chipper and Tyler Fornis of VikingsWire.com. Chip, obviously, columnist for the Star Tribune. Ross Brendel producing for us. And plenty to get to as the Vikings are currently on a five-game win streak. But before we do want to shout out at least one of our sponsors, and that would be our friends at Park Tavern. Uh, Park Tavern, of course, a great place to hold events if you've got a group gathering. Or how about this? The Park Tavern Thanksgiving uh, from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Tableside buffet available for $23.95 or a single plate dinner for $16.95. Call today for reservations, 952-929-6810. And also get your uh, Black Friday and Park Tavern gift cards while you are there. All right, Chip Scoggins, um, you're out there right now at the Vikings. What is your uh, what is your feeling on what this team has done and one of the great stories in the entire league this season? And that would be Josh Dobbs. Yeah, I think it's probably the story of the NFL uh, to this date when you look at where this team has come from, what they've endured, what they're doing now with Josh Dobbs. Uh, it's a remarkable story, and I think you have to give a lot of credit to uh, Kevin O'Connell for how he's managed this situation. When you think about it, I go back to being in Lambeau Field after that game, and it just felt, even though they won, it felt mm-hmm. like doom and gloom. You wondered, what are they going to do at the trade deadline? Are they going to uh, start trading guys? You wondered how they're going to win. Uh, with their quarterback situation and not having Justin Jefferson and for them to rip off. That was part of it, but for them to rip off five straight wins and not miss a beat with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. And I wrote about this for my column today, Judd, that if you knew nothing about this situation, right, knew nothing about Josh Dobbs, nothing about the Vikings, and you just sat down and watched the Vikings to play uh, the last two games, you would not know that they basically got a quarterback that doesn't know the offense, hasn't had any time learning it, doesn't know the coaches, doesn't know the players. It functioned like an offense should function. And it, and it, the way he moved the ball and the plays that he made, it, it's just it's a remarkable story that's um, you just don't see happen very often in this league. How much credit, Chip, do you think we should be giving O'Connell here, too? Because it strikes me as he's the common thread. He's the guy, look, um, Kirk Cousins without – 
KOC put up really good stats, but he certainly didn't have the effectiveness that he's he's had. And now taking an entirely different QB uh, at a random point in the season, bringing him in, and the Falcons' win is is impressive. But that was almost a schoolyard game. The win against the Saints was a week of practice, and O'Connell's incorporating different things. It feels to me like like this is a um, this is a nod to how important coaching is and can be. I, I think he absolutely is and should be in the discussion for coach of the year at this point in the season. We'll see where it goes from here. But I thought the Atlanta, they're, they were impressive for, due, for two different reasons. The Obviously, the Atlanta one where you're basically guiding a quarterback through a game, having to translate verbiage from one the way he understands it to what, how you call it, on the fly in the middle of a game saying, you're going to have this on your right side, you're going to have this on the left side of the field, here's what you're looking for. I mean, it was just it was a master class on how a coach can handle a game. And then I thought last week, um, when you're looking at the, the, you know, we saw the Wildcat. We saw different things uh, that he's using with this offense. And to do this without Jefferson, Madison goes out. Hawkinson was beat up. KG Osborne's out. This is yep. a, you look at the things that they're overcoming and he's putting guys in position to still make plays and to fill important roles when they weren't being asked to. And then allowing Dobbs to, call plays that accentuate what he does well. Obviously, the off-script things, that's just a guy who's super talented, and I don't know how much coaching goes into that. I don't know if you saw the video on the sideline where they were, uh, he had the one touchdown run, and O'Connell was just kind of like flabbergasted. He's like, what just happened there? Uh, but, it, but what he's doing to build an offense basically on the fly around a guy who has a completely different skill set than – than Cousins does. And the thing I looked this up, I mean, his scrambling thing, his scrambling ability, Dobbs, he takes off and he does his Houdini act. That's, that's you know, really cool to watch. He's completing 67% of his passes. His passing stats now are better than his other stops. And he doesn't have a, a long history of big resume, but his passing has been uh, a bright spot, I think. Throwing to receivers, he doesn't know. He doesn't know how that fast they are, how they come out of breaks as well as guys that have been in OTAs, minicamps, summer, all that stuff. His passing has been a, a, re- a revelation to me. And what impresses me about this, too, from uh, both the Dobbs perspective and O'Connell perspective, Chip, is this. Um, we both covered a ton of coaches, and I, I think it's safe to say football coaches are a lot of them wedded to their philosophy, right? Like, you know, Childress was – I'm a West Coast guy. We're going to make this work. What I want to do is, to quote him, a kick-ass offense. But – what O'Connell's done is midseason, he's basically accepted and taken a guy who's very unlike his previous QB, who, to your point, they were devastated when he was lost. And he has allowed him to incorporate his own game. And and I, I heard, I, I think it was your colleague at the Star Tribune, Ben Gessling, asked the question post-game Sunday about the um about the direct snap to Chandler when that got put in. And, and O'Connell's like this past week. So they didn't even have that in for Kirk. My point is. It makes it's common sense to be flexible. That being said, football coaches are usually not flexible. Yeah, and Dobbs talked about this yesterday at his press uh, thing in the locker room. That he, he said because we we're talking about just how fast this has gone and learning, you know, different schemes. And he said that not just O'Connell, but position coach and and Wes Phillips 
have basically said, what concepts are you comfortable running? Like what, what do you feel most comfortable doing? Cause you're not going to have the whole playbook, right? I mean, they spent a year and a half putting this in and um, so you can't expect the guy to come in and, two weeks and know it. So, but they, but they're saying what, you know, what, what things do you do well from your past experiences? What, how you ran there, what makes you comfortable? And then they're crafting that within their own system. So that's, that speaks to how flexible this staff is. And it's not just how we do it. You got to adjust. It's like, no, what do you do? Well, what do you feel comfortable running so we can maximize that? And then we'll, we'll piece it together with what we do. And so it's been a brilliant, um, exercise and watching a coaching staff really adjust in real time to a completely different set of circumstances than what they thought they were going to have. Cause I mean, th- they just think about how different Dobbs is as a quarterback than cousins. And it's not like you have a right tackle or even a wide receiver who might be a little bit slower, a little bit faster, whatever. This is a guy who the whole skill sets different than, than cousins and for them to keep winning. And the other thing, Judd, those two wins, Top 10 defenses. Now, you can say, I mean, if you look at total defense right now, both Atlanta and Saints are in the top 10 in total defense in the NFL. So these are not just terrible defenses he's doing this against. No, and he's clearly, um, he clearly now is playing with the confidence that I'm sure you can't play with when you're with the Cardinals, who are a train wreck. So how much are you buying this entire thing? So they, they, we're what one and four. They've won five consecutive games. They still are in, or they they are in a soft part of the schedule now. Broncos and Bears. Then the bye. Then a Raiders team that certainly is playing but better football since Antonio Pierce took over for Josh McDaniels. But how much are you buying this? Because I would liken it a little bit to 2017, where it feels like a magic carpet ride. I just can't decide where it might end because it got off to such a weird start. Yeah, it's it's. <sighs> Well, a couple things. The offense, I think, Dobbs, uh, what he brings them is the ability to improvise, which we have not seen. Think about the plays that he can turn a sack into a 20-yard game. And so we haven't seen that. So that's – that's, and those are things you can't really script, right, or think, how's he going to – those just kind of are impromptu. To me, though, Judd, the defense – I mean, the defense, look what Brian Flores has done. I was just looking at the stats today, and I was talking to some guys in the locker room because I'm going to do a column on this for Sunday. They are, I want to make sure I get it right, 13th in total defense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I believe they're, is it 10th or 14th in scoring defense? I mean, this is a defense a year ago that was at the bottom of both of those categories. Now they're in the middle of the pack and climbing. They've only averaged given up, they're giving up 19 I think points uh, during this winning streak. I was talking to Harrison Smith about this today in the locker room, and he was saying, you know, normally when a when a a team scouts you and, and starts getting their game plan, we're say, okay, we got to make sure we take care of this guy. This is the focus. He said, yeah, people are probably doing that with Daniel Hunter, right? We got to make sure he doesn't wreck our our game plan. But it's typically one or two guys, right? He feels like in their defense. Every week it's been someone different. Like Harrison had a big game. Daniil, Josh Metellus, Wanham had a tremendous game the other day. Cam Bynan has come up. So you're seeing different guys in this defense. It's not just one or two. You're seeing different guys really changing the outcome of the game. And I think that speaks to Flores and him being able to put different guys in position to be playmakers. Flores can't get enough 
credit chip. It's unbelievable. And and look, I, I think the reason why we're seeing such a plethora of guys stand out is because of scheme. Um, the player, this defense, and and it sort of proves it. You know, the Donatel thing was this defense isn't this bad, and it's proven it. Now it's not great. Like it's not full of Pro Bowl players. I think the interior of the defensive line is suspect. I think once you get past Hunter, the defensive ends are suspect. But what he's doing as far as different schemes and different ideas and different looks and just causing mass confusion, I, I think is, is great. And by the way, here's my here's my plea. Can you please in your column say that this should be called the 44 defense? Because Josh Metellus is the linchpin. He's the difference of like, what are they doing? It's the 44, much like I believe it, it was the 46 in Chicago when Gary Fensick of all people was the linchpin guy. I've been begging. This needs to be called the 44 defense because it has no identity. It's not a 3-4. It's, yeah. it's, it's mass confusion. I think Metellus deserves to be the guy whose number it's named after. It is. I was talking to Josh today too and and um, you, you, that guy just shows up. He's like I saw it again smart. last week where he's rushing, you know, he comes on a blitz, he's flushing the quarterback out. He's, he has benefited more from Flores than anyone. And I asked Josh this too. I said, take Flores out of it. Do you think this was a moment in your career where you were going to elevate regardless of who the coordinator was? And he said, you know, I think I was, this was a time in my career where I felt like I was going to make a step. It was a contract year. I've had experience. He said, I felt like I was going to make a big jump in my career. He said, however, yeah. Flores really, really helped that. He said he's really, really helped us. I think the way he did it, it was smiling. That we talked about when Flores came in here that how he was going to be able to use different pieces of this defense and make them um, splash, you know, pop and 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 really use them creatively and in, in ways that can impact the offense. And, and to me, Mattel's, um, he's the kind of the poster child of that. I mean, what, what he's done with him this year and moving him around and, and him responding and making the plays has been, he's a difference maker. He's absolutely, I like your idea though. I'll, I'll, I'll run that by him and see if they should change. The 44 the it's the 44. Yeah. And, and here's the thing too is, so he is super smart. Like he is clearly what um, he's talented, but he's probably smarter than talented, which by the way is, is preferable because physically Lewis seen is probably a more talented human being, but he can't get on the field. And my opinion is it's because Metellus's football IQ is so high, but I, I would say this to your question. I don't think there's any way in hell that Josh Metellus is playing this type of role this year. Cause Bynum does not deserve to be benched. Harrison Smith ain't being benched, right? So what's the role? I mean, you have a you have a coordinator here who's literally taken a guy and said you are a hybrid uh, linebacker and safety. And I don't care that it might not make sense to the majority of this this room. I think Josh Metellus, if he had left here and signed elsewhere and got a chance to play, could have taken off eventually. But I don't think Chipper. It's in two thousand twenty three. I really don't. Yeah, it, it probably was the scheme. I don't want to say it's completely a scheme because that, that does, does a disservice to Mattel's too as a player. Now, would he be this good in someone else's scheme? Probably, I, I would guess probably not. I think what Flores is doing is is really, really brought him out. And I'm, I'm curious now, uh, without Jordan Hicks, does his role change even more? Do you see him, Mattel's even more? I mean, obviously, uh, Ivan Pace is going to get a, a, a more of a prominent role. 
and that's a big loss when you uh, when you talk about. It's funny. I wouldn't have said so much last year because I just didn't think mm. I wasn't sure what Hicks's impact was. I mean, he was a veteran, but but the way he's played uh, this year, and even like when he got injured and he came back out, first play he stuffs the guy in a hole on, on third and one right at the, at the line of scrimmage. He's been really good this year, and so to hear the coaches and players talk about what his absence is going to mean, I don't think we can minimize that, Judd. I think he's been really good, and and just in terms of also you hear Flores talk about being the quarterback back there and the green dot and getting everybody lined up. I think communication is a huge thing in this offense because, or in this defense, because they allow guys to do different things and they can adjust based on what they see before the snap. I want to see if that, if that part of it suffers any in his absence. Does Metellus become the green dot guy? No, I think it's Ivan. Um, Now, now, now Flores said that in practice, they have a, a number of guys that wear the green dot just so they get used to it. Um, I think Troy Dye is going to have to do some of it. But it, maybe maybe they do have Mattel in practice too just in case uh, he does it. But I think they preferably have a linebacker do it. So, But I, I don't know. We'll see. But it's it's that's something to pay attention to because I do think that they, 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 they are given the freedom to not freelance but – make checks based on what they see on the field. And I think Hicks was really, really smart about doing that and, and relaying it to everybody else on the, that's, you know, around him. Best guess. Do we see Justin Jefferson on Sunday? No. Okay. That's what I thought. Uh, he was just, he just did his press conference a few minutes ago before I came on here and I was, I was talking to Harrison, so I didn't get it, but I saw a couple guys that had mentioned that they asked Justin, like who, like what makes what's the final decision on this? How um, you know that go? And and Justin said, I get the final decision. It's I know my body. I'm the one that I'm the one that's putting my body out there. And 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 as it should, right? You should never have a. He knows his body better than anyone. He he should be the one that's making that call. So I don't know um, where he's at. And I think they're obviously ramping him up each day a little bit more, and seeing how it responds and deal with soreness or whatever that he, you have to go through. So, but I don't think it'd be this week. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard show podcast Monday through Friday, as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard show app, wherever you get your podcasts or visit Tom Show.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. I think without the contract, it makes sense, too, from his perspective. Like, at some point in time, he has to draw a line here. Um, I would be tempted, and I don't, don't know what the window is going to be at by this point. I think it would be the tail end. But if they're gonna if they're not going to play him Sunday, I'd be tempted to hold him out through that Bears game, get the bye week, and then come back for the game in Vegas just because – he has to be careful. Like, I will say that. The worst, th- you know, it would be devastating for the Vikings and him if that blows. And and they've won five games without him. Addison's been phenomenal. I did not know he was this good. I know he was good. Uh, but, yeah, good for him if he's going to put at least put his foot down and say, I didn't get paid, so I can't exactly trust that, that you know, if I, if I get hurt, I don't get paid. Yeah, and it's like his health is obviously – you have to feel a hundred percent sure that he's ready to go. It's not how the team is performing. It has to be his health. But you look at it, that 
guys that have stepped up in his absence. I mean, Hawkinson's been terrific. And he clearly has a rapport with with Dobbs and is much the same way that, you know, when he got traded, Kirk had that instant connection with him that he just went to him. I, I think Seifert had the stat today that uh, since Dobbs has been here, I think he's uh, Hawkinson has been targeted 11 times a game or 12 times a game. You're right, though. Addison, goodness gracious. His body control and some of these catches he makes, though I go back to the one in Atlanta, the sideline one where he's getting drilled and be able to get his feet down. That's, that's a remarkable catch. I mean, that is a big time. I don't know if it, if it's on the same level with, with JJ's at Buffalo last year, but it wasn't far off when you think about how hard he got hit and still get his feet down. That was a pretty remarkable catch, but he's, he's terrific. And so I, I'm curious to see when he does come back, when you have all those guys together and a quarterback who can move around and buy time, because that, that's the other thing. is like we, we talk about the scramble, but think about the play that Dobbs made where he was running around. It looked like he was going to run, and then defense sucked up, and all of a sudden he dropped it over the top to Hawkinson. For a quarterback to be able to do that, I mean, I, I don't know what the, the front office after this year in quarterback play, but I do think what we've seen with Dobbs probably solidifies in their mind, okay, we want a mobile quarterback and the guy that can do something. He might not be as good as Dobbs is scrambling and running, but – a guy that can keep plays alive with his feet just it puts so much stress on a defense. That's a recess play, Chip Scoggins. That's what that is. That's a recess play, and and the the fact that when he scrambles, and, and that's the one thing Kirk does not like. Kirk does not. Kirk is not a fan of recess. Kirk likes things to be on schedule. He likes to know when his classes are. He likes to know when the bell is going to to ring. Like I watch Dobbs, and he's creating. And and but but that's where O'Connell gets credit because he appears to be okay with allowing that to happen. In fact, I I didn't like the second half as much on Sunday because I felt like they pulled back on on that. What I did like was O'Connell stood at that podium and unlike PJ Fleck, he took the blame but then explained what he did wrong. Um, I really liked that because he he seemed cognizant of the fact that he had himself gone too conservative when opening it up in the first half is what had worked. Yeah, it's and I understood his his line of thinking because you get a big lead, and the one and he, he liked the way the defense was playing. He didn't feel like uh, they were going to be able to score enough points if you didn't do something crazy and throw a pick to him and a pick six, and that's how a game gets into it. So I, I understand we see it a lot. Teams get big lead. Coaches like okay, let's just run it and try to milk this thing and get out of here as, as quickly as we can. And and sometimes that comes back to bite you, and it, it didn't in this case. I think he just felt like the way their defense was playing, they were still going to be in in good shape. But um, yeah, it's O'Connell said it yesterday. He, he said we still need to be smart about not just turning him into a running back, right? Like that's that's not what sure. you want because no. you got to preserve his health. It's picking your spots. It's 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 taking this skill set that he has and incorporating it into the overall game plan. And some of the stuff is just off script that he just does when the pocket collapses. That you don't you don't plan and, you know, scheme for that, but it's, it's, um, I think how many design, do you have one or two design runs Sunday? I know at least one, I can't remember if there's another one, but it was a great call, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to do probably more and more of that. Not like 10 times, but if you have three, four design runs, that could be a, you know, a huge weapon for you. Well, Kevin has to be careful though. And, and I think what he didn't get, and I, I think he struggles with this at times, but it is he needs to keep his defense off the field. 
And I think at times he's like, cause, cause I mean, Flores is doing a lot with those guys and they are, they substitute, but they also, and, and that Falcons touchdown late, that was one where they were just gassed and it felt like Sunday, like they're playing well, they deserve credit, but you've got to keep them off the field as much as possible. And I felt like O'Connell didn't get that because he's such an offensive guy. So it was interesting, but, but look, if that's their, if that's their biggest problem, that's a great problem to have for a team that was 0-3 and one and four at one point. Well, and the other thing about this too uh, is like they're they basically have no running game. They're doing this with with. Now, I like Chandler. When I watch Chandler in there, I'm like that guy has some juice. Like let's see more of Chandler. And we're, we I think we obviously will this week, not knowing what um, Alex Madison's situation is. But when you watched him, he has a burst. Like you want to see more from him. And I, and I love that they ran the wildcat for him. That was creative. So we'll, you know, we'll see uh, if he get, you know, if, if they can get that part going. Cause if, if they could just get a little bit more consistent with the run game, it doesn't have to be great, right? It doesn't right. have to be perfect, but just a little bit more. I think that even makes that offense more dynamic. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, um, Roscoe's going to chip in in one second here, but before he does that, I want to talk to you, my friends about Livia weight control centers, pre black Friday event. Join today. You're going to get 50% off your personalized program. You're going to lose up to 10 pounds in the first two weeks. You're going to lose up to 20 pounds or more before 2024. Imagine that December you're dropping weight, not gaining it. January 1st gets here and you ring in the new year with a lot of clothes that don't fit today. Fitting. It's the uh, best offer of the year and runs through Friday. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-Livia.com. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. Guys, it's a lifestyle change, but you don't have to change your life. I'm here to tell you it's effective, and they're going to help you keep the weight off. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. Roscoe, you got a question. Yeah, you brought up the magic carpet ride that so far is the 2023, hopefully well into 2024 season. The parallels that you can make, the 2017 Case Keenum, Minnesota Vikings. One thing that was so interesting about that magic carpet ride was there were times where you thought maybe it was going to end, where there maybe was a loss that you didn't expect or want to see. And then Case Keenum and the team got right back on the carpet and kept it going. I'm not wanting the Vikings to lose a game anytime soon, but a part of you does want to see how the team responds when they inevitably do lose a game. I don't think they're going to win out and go all the way to the Super Bowl without a loss. So at some point, <laughs> a loss is likely. Maybe, Chip, I'll start with you, and then, Judd, you can respond how you would like. But, again, not willing or wanting the team to lose, but it is kind of important to see how they respond when that does happen, isn't it? I think we have a pretty good uh, idea of this team was 0-3. Right. And we were talking about you got to trade this guy. You got to trade. You got to look. We got to tank. You got to look ahead. And so the, the team is, has, has already shown a willing or ability to not uh, get stuck in that rut where, okay, this is a three win season or this is, you know, there's enough veteran leadership on this team when you're talking about Harrison and Daniil. And I put JJ in there too when he when he comes back. They have enough good players that I think they're they. You look around the, at this league; it's like they should. I, I just don't see this team really bottoming out if they you know if they have a loss and it's going to go on skid, or they're going to come plummeting back to earth because 
um, that, you know, they've had turnover at quarterback. I just think they're in a good spot, and I, I think they'll be able to bounce back. I just think it's uh, being in this locker room the last few weeks or throughout this uh, winning streak, you get a sense of there's a uh, there's definitely a lot of confidence in this group. And even when they're 0-3, I think it was more – some of us rolled our eyes at it a little bit. They felt it was more turnovers than it was they were just getting – they felt like they were self imploding more than um, they were just overmatched. And I, I, I agree with that. So I, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that this team would bounce back um, from a loss or two. I just, I just think they have a, the leadership they have and the, and the players that they have um, and, and more, not more than players because it's a player's league, but Judd, this is just a really good coach team. I mean, yes. they're really yeah, coach. He's good. You can just see, I mean, offense, defense, they're really well coached. I think what I like to see is, and and 17 was weird because Bradford got hurt. Keenum came in, that they lost to Pittsburgh, and then they came back and really went on a great ride. But I think what I like to see is adversity. Like I kept saying that a year ago, you won 13 games. Let's see some adversity. What does the coach do when adversity hits? What, what does the quarterback do? I feel like this team already has its fair share. And, like, Josh Dobbs is not a kid. He's been with, like, what, eight teams? He was he had won, what, one game with the Cardinals? So, like, there's an adversity that's hit, and, and this team has weathered that storm. And the individuals that I most want to see handle it sort of have. You know, Kirk Cousins is out. That Kirk Cousins, to Chip's point, that Packers game was like a loss. It felt like a loss. Justin Jefferson has now missed five games. So while, yes, I think they're going to lose for sure, and I do not think that they're a Super Bowl team, um, I don't think we need to see a ton more adversity because it feels like it hit. So, like, I I would guess that if they lose on Sunday, they're going to bounce back and meet the Bears. Um, But it's a good question, and the difference is this team's already taken punches. Some, by the way, self-inflicted. Like, those first, that one and four start was their fault. And they deserve heat for it. Like, I'm not backing off that. Hang on the damn football. But they've weathered it. So, I think Chip's right. I think Chip's right. All right, great stuff, Chipper. Uh, let, let you get back to work out there at, uh, at TCO Performance Center. Roscoe, thank you very much. Purple Access, remember, thank you to our friends from Park Tavern. Livia Weight Control Centers as well. We'll see you next time. See you, boys.